0: Hey, are you here? Well, whether you answer or not, it doesn't change the fact that you're listening. And this is the Paul Leslie Hour. Welcome to it, and thank you for tuning in. We have an interview from the archives today with the Canadian singer-songwriter, Lenny Gallant. Now, the way Lenny puts it, he feels he was put here to write songs. From Prince Edward Island, Lenny Gallant. Lenny Gallant has really made some exceptional records full of songs that are everything from lively to introspective. His music's been featured in films, on television, and theatrical works. Singer-songwriter Jimmy Buffett recorded a cover of Lenny's song, Mademoiselle, voulez-vous danser? And in the interview you're about to hear, Paul E. Leslie had a very casual and relaxed conversation with Lenny Gallant, and we hope you enjoy listening. Hey, you can help the Paul Leslie Hour, and we need your help. Go to www.thepauleslie.com support, and we thank you for keeping these wheels a-rolling. And now a great artist, Lenny Gallant, right here. On the Paul Leslie Hour. The man we're speaking with is singer, songwriter,
1: and recording artist Lenny Gallant. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. So tell us where you are right now. Right now I'm in my apartment in Dartmouth, Nova
2: Scotia, overlooking Halifax Harbor. I'm looking over the city of Halifax. It's a beautiful sunny day and I'm watching a a couple of sailboats sail by and uh, a a couple of uh, large ships transporting all
1: kinds of goods from all over the world. You just painted a very tranquil picture.
2: Yeah, it's a nice spot. I like it here. I spend my winters in uh, Nova Scotia and my summers in Prince Edward Island these days.
1: Okay. Well, for someone out there, because you're from Prince Edward Island,
2: I am from Prince Edward Island. The Gallant family is the oldest name on Prince Edward Island with any European heritage. And so my family's got pretty deep deep roots
1: there. For someone like me, for example, who has never been to Prince Edward Island, what is it like?
2: What is it like? Yeah, is beautiful. Uh, um, It's interesting in that it's quite different from the other islands on the east coast. Newfoundland has a very... uh, hard edge, rocky, uh, kind of sometimes barren and, and mysterious kind of uh, topography. And then Cape Breton is a little bit like that, but deep, deep hills and valleys. And Prince Edward Island is kind of uh, a little more stretched out. It's it's uh, It's got a lot of uh, farms. Most of the land is, is cleared on the island. And it's got beautiful beaches, some incredible beaches, big sand dune beaches, and uh, a lot of red, red cliffs, uh, a lot of greenery. People come to the island and they, they fall in love with it very quickly. Of course, many people know it because it's the home of the, the story of Anne of Green Gables, which became quite world famous. And, uh, the, the Anne of Green Gables story is set only about a few miles from where I grew up, actually, but our experience was quite different
1: than the Anne of Green Gables story. And what is your heritage? Tell us a little bit about your background, where you come from in terms of your family?
2: My heritage is Acadian. Now, uh, in your part of the world, not people don't know so much about the Acadians, but they do know about the Cajuns. And if you know about the Cajuns of Louisiana, the uh, the, the Cajuns actually originated in my part of the world, in Acadia. There was, uh, back in the early 1700s, late 1600s, early 1700s, there were wars between English, England and France, and so territory was being won, and and by one country and then the other, and but the Acadians were the first people to to settle in Canada on the east coast. And they settled around uh, Nova Scotia mostly to begin with, but then New Brunswick and Prince Edward Island, and it was known as Acadia. And uh, the Acadians were there for oh, I think 150 or almost 200 years before. But 150 years, I think, before the uh, the wars that took place between France and England, England ended up getting possession of Acadia, and at that time wanted uh, the uh, the Acadians who were living there to sign oath of allegiance that they would uh, possibly uh, have to go to war against uh, against the French. The Acadians wanted to be neutral. The England didn't like that, so they put them all on ships, we gathered them all up under false pretenses, and uh, broke up families, put them on ships, sent them to all parts of the world. Many of those people didn't make it. They died on voyages or destitute on streets, but quite a few of them ended up down in Louisiana and ended up becoming uh, what we know today as the Cajuns. If you say the word Acadian in Acadian French, you would say, Mois cajun yeah, I'm an Acadian, so you can see where the word Cajun comes from.
1: Very interesting. So, your parents were they people who encouraged artistic expression?
2: They did. They were very, uh, very supportive. I think my mom was a bit of a, a little bit of a writer. She would write uh, little skits and little comedy pieces, plays for, for local performances that they would put on my mom and dad and their friends would get together and they'd form a little troupe of performance uh, uh, to go around and play various uh, community halls to raise money for various causes if someone had a sick kid or a fire or a fire had burned down their house or whatnot and uh, they had a lot of fun doing that they would they would uh, put on shows and as soon as I learned three chords on a guitar I was enlisted to to (laughs) to join their shows that's kind of how I, I started playing music in public. I think
1: we're talking with Lenny Gallant. Has the reason that you create music changed through the years?
2: I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. I, I was about thirteen, I think, when I got my first guitar, and uh, I do remember immediately trying to write something before I even learned a, a song of anyone else. I was uh, I was kind of driven to create something on the guitar, and I've always felt that way. It, it's a uh, a way of being able to um, express myself, I guess, and and uh, I try to remain open to the world around me, soak up whatever's happening, whether it's uh, an event in my own life or someone that I know, or or something on the news, uh, something I've read, watched, paintings, pieces of theater, whatever moves me. If I, you know, there are times that uh, a song will grow out of it. And, I think it's always kind of been like that, so I don't know if it's changed uh, that much. I mean, different things change around it, but the reason I write is uh, I I think that's uh, what I was put here to do, write songs, so I suppose that's more or less remained the same.
1: Before we go any further, I just want to be sure, (laughs) and forgive me if I've been saying it wrong, is it gallant or gallant?
2: Around here, people say gallant.
1: Gallant, uh, okay.
2: But if you said it in French, Acadian French, it would be gallant. And it, it gets various pronunciations, and, and uh, it, it, it's, not a, it's not a big deal. We're quite used to it. Some people say will say gallant.
1: Okay. Uh, well, forgive me. <laughs> no problem. There have been some great, and are some great songwriters from Canada. Gordon Lightfoot, Leonard Cohen, Bruce Coburn, Joni Mitchell. Do you feel a kinship with the writers who are Canadian in specific? I do feel
2: somewhat of a kinship in that uh I I find that Canadian writers tend to be fairly eclectic in in what they write about. Most of them have some kind of base in the in the more uh, singer-songwriter roots, acoustic folk world, but they're not they're not afraid to take chances with their music, you know, whether if you look at you know Neil Young, for instance, um, he, he'll he'll put on an album that's very folky, but then his next album might be blues. The next one might be hard punk rock, almost. You know. Joni Mitchell, is fairly really experimental. You know, she would write in a sort of folk genre, but also pop, and sometimes even into jazz. Leonard a similar kind of thing. I think that um, perhaps it has something to do with uh, wide open spaces, but also uh, I think Canadians in general were kind of Married to uh, the, the radio stations like CBC, where you would get all kinds of influences from uh, various backgrounds, and and that maybe shaped their shaped their creativity you know, and wanting to uh, uh, explore and 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 experiment with different sounds, different uh, different styles a little bit. Yet still, no matter what album you listen to, of Neil Young or Johnny Mitchell or uh, you know or, or, or Colin Colmer, it's still their voice, even though they may experiment and fool around with different styles. And so I think a little bit of that trickled down to what I do in that, you know, I, I write songs that are very folk based, but some of them, you know, I travel, I have traveled with a rock band and we've done some stuff that is, you know, full on, uh, almost rock and roll. And we've done other stuff. That's a little bit country, some a little bit Celtic and Acadian. And so, there's a bit of a melange going on, I think, but it does seem to hang together. And uh, people tell me that it, that they recognize my work as soon as they hear the first few bars, no matter what style it's in.
1: Not just of the Canadian singer-songwriters, just just any artists that you've met through your journey as a singer-songwriter. Who have you been the most thrilled to meet? Who have been the most thrilled to meet? Uh, hmm.
2: I think the greatest the uh, I, I uh, was doing a, a festival out in Edmonton and uh, we did a main stage show at the Edmonton folk festival. And after the show, this this guy came up to me and he started talking about how much he enjoyed the work. And he was talking about the songs and so forth. And I was packing up my gear and, and then I looked up and and I, and I said, are you Ry Cooter? And, and it turned out it was, it was Ry Cooter who was there and the, uh, it it meant the world to me that a man whose work I've admired all my life, and who's put out some of the, my most favorite albums, from the Buena Vista Social Club to you know his own work, and and John Hyatt, working with John Hyatt and all these people, that he uh, he came over and talked to me, appreciated appreciated my work, that uh, that meant a lot. It also was great. Uh, Jimmy Buffett recorded one of my songs, and I got to. Perform with him on stage in Toronto. We sang it together. That was that was pretty
1: cool too. And that song you're talking about, that Buffett recorded, is Mademoiselle Voulez-Vous Danse? Correct. What it's inspired? <laughs> <laughs> you did pretty good there, Paul. Thank you, thank you. What inspired that song? I was
2: in Paris actually. I was recording, or, or I'm sorry, I was performing in Paris. There's a group uh, of Acadians who went over there to perform an event, and uh, we were in the uh, in the Latin Quarter. We had a, a cool little hotel room overlooking the street, and uh, I think we found out later that we were very close to a, a French model school, and all these beautiful women were walking by the street. And someone in the room said something well, "Mademoiselle," we'd all say, and there's a there's kind of a. Uh, french traditional tune that that is very similar to that and and uh i don't know it just i just picked up a guitar and i started playing the song playing the melody to the song and i grew out of that
1: i think the lyric that resonates with me probably other people is we all have so little time
2: yes it's true we seem to forget that that you know we're not here for very long we need to keep reminding ourselves. I try to keep reminding ourselves, and we're not here for very little time. We're, we're not here for very long time, and it's important not to let the small stuff get to you. You know, we worry about so much, or so many people get so worried about things in in their life. When you know, if you have if you have your health, if you have uh, friends and, and love surrounding you, then I, I think really, you know, you're doing pretty good.
1: The other lyric that I wanted you to explain a little, if you could, is "uh, tell us about these doors and windows open wide.
2: Well, I think the uh, one of my albums is called The Open Window, and I, I think it was just kind of a... I remember when I was a kid growing up in Rustico, a small community in the North Shore of PEI, uh, before I was old enough to get into the community dances and hang around outside the 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 local community hall and and listen to the music coming out through the window and uh, I I don't know why that that uh, image always stuck with me I think it's just a, a sense of being open open to the world as a writer you try to be open you want to let uh, you know inspiration come in and uh, I I think it is something that I I try to do in life to try to be open open to uh, no experiences open to other opinions, other ways of looking at things. I think that's important. Too many of us close these days. We, we want to shut down the other point of view and that's a problem. You know, that, that creates polarization. That it creates, uh, some of the things we see going on now in terms of uh, the way people are relating to each other. The world seems to be getting a little more tribal right now in many ways and that's a little bit worrisome. We need more openness. We need more tolerance and acceptance of other people's ideas I think
1: There's another lyric from one of your other songs you, you know, you said that that open window resonated with you in the title of that album great album by the way, but uh, you say, waltz to the music from the open window so that moment really, really stuck out to you
2: Yeah, I guess it did <laughs> we used to have you know, hang, if there was a wedding at the, in the community, you know the, the, Sometimes the kids would go and hang around outside, and you hear the music coming coming through the window, yeah. I guess it did. Never really thought about it, but (laughs) I suppose it did.
1: There's another song that you wrote I wanted to ask you about. It's just really, really great, lyrically, musically. Peter's Dream. Tell us about that.
2: As you may be aware, our oceans are in crisis. When I wrote Peter's Dream, it was right at the time all of a sudden the scientists and the, and the people who were studying the oceans, on especially on eastern Canada, had realized that the cod fishery was decimated. It had been decimated by factory freezer trawlers and by um, overfishing and and uh, big foreign ships coming in as well, and just cleaning the place out, dragging the bottom, and not leaving anything behind. And uh, the whole fishery, a very successful inshore fishery that it sustained so many small communities, and kept people alive and. And and in harmony with the ocean and the environment around us was was totally destroyed by this overfishing, and they had basically shut the fishery down. So so many communities collapsed. So many, uh, especially over in Newfoundland and, and, and coastal communities. And I grew up in a in a small fishing village on the North Shore Prince of Prince Edward Island. And so, one night I was hanging out with um, three of my good friends, and we were discussing what was happening. Fishery, getting a little bit angry and certainly very passionate about it. And uh, my friends left, you know, late in the night. And I get up the next morning and I could hear the a couple of fishing boats that were still operating, heading out of the heading out of the uh, harbor. I was very close to the harbor, the little cabin I was in. And I sat up in the morning and and uh, it's amazing. Like that song was written extremely quickly. I think I wrote it within an hour. I wrote down all the words, never changed a thing. It's since become quite a popular song on, on the east, eastern Canada. A lot of people have recorded it. Some people over in the UK have recorded it as well. It seemed to have touched, uh, uh, you know, touched people. that had a certain resonance too, I guess. I guess, uh, and, and expressed what a lot of people were feeling—the passion and and the anger and the frustration of not taking better care of the world around us—and and, and for many people, uh, you know, a means of survival, a way of being in harmony
1: with the world around us. And what was it like to see that song transform into a book? That's
2: pretty cool. Uh, My uh, sister Karen is a fabulous artist and uh, she is quite well known on on Prince Edward Island. Her work sells very quickly. She hardly ever does shows because people want to, they show up at her door wanting to buy her paintings. But her and I had for many years dreamed of doing something together. Uh, And a few years back, I thought about putting a show together that would be based on all of the songs I either wrote about or touched on Prince Edward Island in some way, because as I mentioned, my my family has such a long, rich history there. And Karen seems to have mined the same material in many ways. So I, I dreamed up this show um, called Searching for Abegweit. Abegweit being the original indigenous Mi'kmaq name for Prince Edward Island. It means cradled on the waves or something of that nature. And it is a show that celebrates Prince of Wood Island through songs and stories that are written over the many years and and showcases a couple of hundred of her paintings. Uh, her paintings are projected onto a huge screen and behind my band on stage, and they're constantly in motion in the Ed Burns style, you know, where you get into a, a part of the painting and you move throughout the painting. So it almost looks like it's animated. I had hoped we'd do one summer of the show on Prince Edward Island, which would allow me to spend more time on the island, when, you know, in the summertime. But uh, the show uh, took off, and it's been amazingly successful. We've done over 120 sold-out shows now, and we're going to be doing another eight this summer. So, in, as a sort of, kind of a companion piece to the show, I, you know, I, I put out a book with 52 of my sister's paintings and 52 of my songs together, and uh, and uh, I chose the, the song Peter's Dream as the title song. The title for the book, uh, both because uh, it's a popular song, but also because my sister did an amazing painting for it, and you can see her work if you're interested. Either go to LennyGalant.com and click on her link, or, or you can also go straight to KarenGalant.com and
1: see her paintings. What is the biggest compliment somebody could give you? People who tell me that that my songs meant
2: something to them because of something that happened in their own life that that the song had great resonance and and it it moved them or it touched them i i think I think that's a, that's probably the biggest compliment when you're writing songs you're trying to get into a space that feels very true. I like the quote I think joni Mitchell said it you know my songs aren't necessarily factually true all the time, but they're always emotionally true you know you you want you want the emotion to be real, and, and writing about so so you can you can write about things that you know. You can be somewhat fictional in terms of you know where the song is on the surface, but I think you have to have had contact with the emotions you're writing about to really make it real. And and, and so if you're doing that and then and, and touching people and they come up to you and they tell you how a certain song has moved them and why, I, I think. That is the biggest compliment.
1: Is there a greatest well of inspiration for you?
2: It's interesting. I mean, it's hard to say where inspiration comes from. Sometimes I think the best thing to do is just try to leave the well alone for a while. Probably the most creative time I ever had songwriting, I have a a friend who has a 47-foot wooden schooner, a beautiful boat built in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. He bears the same name as me, Tom Gallant is his last name, though, though I didn't know him until I heard about him being interviewed on a, a national broadcast on Canadian radio. And he used to sail his boat from Nova Scotia down to Bermuda and then straight down to the Caribbean every winter, and, and he'd charter it down there. And he had great adventures. I would hear him talk about his adventure sailing in North Atlantic. And uh, I knew absolutely nothing about sailing, but I went to meet him at a festival, because I knew he was he's also a songwriter, I went to meet him at a festival, and uh, agreed to, to have him take me on his crew, and so here we were, three of us, two guys who knew how to sail and me, sailing out of Mahone Bay in the month of November, basically ran into a storm immediately after we sailed out, and we were sailing seven days to Bermuda, and then seven days down to the Caribbean. It was a pretty wild and woolly trip, especially for we a total novice sailor like I was. We, we broke a mast in a storm, we had some some pretty crazy adventures. We were at one point surfing down, you know, 40 foot walls of water in the middle of the ocean. It was pretty intense. So all of my, all of my thoughts and energy were on that journey. But then I spent about two months on the boat in total, and I just totally fell in love with it. Never tried to write a thing during that period, but allowed myself to just fill up on some fantastic experiences. And then when I went back home, I couldn't believe it. I was writing like two songs a day and wrote a whole album in in, in about a week, which was, you know, quite incredible for me. Never really had that happen again, but it it taught me a lesson about just walking away from it once in a while and letting the well fill up again. It's a good lesson, not one that I've adhered to that well, but (laughs) I try to once in a while.
1: Is there any ritual that you have before you do a concert performance?
2: I can't say there's a real ritual. I try to spend a little bit of Time alone, if I can, and just think about what I'd like to do or say, in, uh, during the show, take you know take the audience somewhere. I love I love taking my audiences on a journey. I, I like touching on various emotions during a show. I want to make them laugh, hopefully touch them with something poignant. We have a lot of we have uh, have a lot of funny stories that happen during the show, but also uh, you know we we often touch touch on a few serious issues as well. So. I like to um, kind of uh, touch on a wide spectrum of of emotion in the show, uh, make people feel like they they've really been taken on a bit of a trip. You know,
1: what is the greatest blessing in being Lenny Gallant? The greatest blessing? <laughs> yeah,
2: I'd have to say my daughter. I have a thirteen year old daughter, and and uh, I get a lot of joy from her. It's hard being on the road when you're away, but uh it's um, it's it's great when I get back and uh, and spend time with her. She spends um, time with her mom, but whenever I'm home, she comes over and spends time with me, and uh,
1: that's probably the greatest blessing for being Lenny Glad. For anyone out there that's listening, whether somebody is listening on the radio or someone listening online, wherever they're they're listening from, Canada, the U.S., who knows? What would you say to them?
2: Uh, what would I say to them? Hmm. Well, I hope they're well and happy in their lives. I hope they're um, feeling uh, uh, feeling productive, and they're surrounded by uh, friends and family, or at least you know people that care very much for them. And I hope they get enjoyment from things in life, especially music, and uh, I hope that music is a part of their lives.
1: Anyone out there who wants information. It's LennyGallant.com, G-A-L-L-A-N-T. I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure.
2: Thank you, Paul. I really appreciate talking to you.
1: One more question. How do you define Lenny Gallant?
2: How do I define Lenny Gallant? Uh, hmm. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's quite a question. I think writing songs is in itself uh, an effort in, as a possible attempt at definition, I suppose. You're trying to make sense of the world around you. You're trying to, um, try uh, I think what any piece of art or songwriter or artist does is try to slow down the river long enough to take a really good look at it. I think life passes by so fast and there are so many moments and important moments and and, and that are, that are Whipping by you, that sometimes we don't really get the full value or get the full impact of what's happening. And so I think when you're writing a song, sometimes you're just taking three and a half minutes and, and examining that moment or that point in time a little more carefully. As a songwriter, I think uh, that's what you're attempting to do. But how do I find Lenny Gallant? I'm a Eastern Canadian Acadian songwriter uh, who uh, is Still on a journey of discovery, trying to keep things fresh, trying to stay rooted at the same time.
1: Well, thank you so much for sharing of yourself. I appreciate it. Thank you, Paul. I really appreciate the interest, and thank you for playing my music. It means a great deal to me. Oh, it's an honor.
0: Have a good day, sir. You too, ma'am. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepauleslie.com. That's thepauleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, The Entertainer, written by Scott Joplin.